So, Adam, you've had a your video's gone a little bit viral. Your Giants theory. Yeah, you guys heard it first. I know it was like we got the preview, and then I'm watching the video. I'm like, he 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 said it here, and it comes out there. Yeah, he, he said it here. It's like kids finding out how poop works. <laughs> I ate it here. Where, Russ, where are you? I'm right here. Oh, hi, Russ. How are you? I'm good. You know when you're like really tired for the podcast and you wake up or your alarm goes off and you look at your phone and it's like it's like five and you're like, why would I ever set my alarm for this? And then you, you hit it and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what happened. Every day of my life. <laughs> yeah, the video, the video did well. I think um, it's been funny to watch its, its arc. Uh, it starts off that it, it finds certain Eagles fans and all of the comments are, oh, man, I hope this happens. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then it kind of went through the whole Philadelphia sphere. And then it got pushed out by Bleacher Report more. And then it finds Patriots fans who then meet it with anger. And then it meets, like, the neutral crowd who, like, some of them start going, well, technically, the 90s. And I'm like, okay. And it's... You know, so then it, it kind of renders your Twitter mentions useless because as you scan through, it's just this combination of French words and then like like national people and then Haley Joel Osman likes it. And oh, that's, nice. yeah, I think the important thing day. is, yeah, when, when, it, when anything goes semi-viral or whatever that even means anymore, it's important to remember the really random likes or retweets to, like, send it home. And Haley Joel Osman will be my random person. I think that's a good sign. Sixth Sense shot in Philadelphia, you know. He sees dead people, and they happen to be wearing white in the Super Bowl. They, oh, Nice. Yeah, the, we're we're totally at the time where every statistic that comes out becomes a thing. Uh, last year for the Super Bowl, I tweeted out uh, Kyle Shanahan's um, statistics versus Bill Belichick, like he he had put up thirty four and twenty seven, and he had done it with Rex Grossman and uh, um, another shitty quarterback. And that one was like the Falcons fans, like it blew up, like. Oh, we have a chance. So this was, you know, Eagles fans need hope because they've been hearing for so many weeks that their their team's not that good and that the Patriots are just going to win. And so we're in the Eagles fans want hope stage, and that will soon turn into the Eagles fans think they're going to win and they're angry stage. It's, it's the typical fan hero's journey. I'm not totally sure that people feel the need to uh to find positivity going into it i think everybody's just kind of rallied behind being the the constant underdog like i'm i know at least for me i'm not looking for arbitrary stats like when the the stats came out about uh the patriots picking white because they're undefeated and the last two times they had worn blue in the super bowl they lost like i don't need those kind of things maybe it's just me and like there are certain like when your your rant here and then the rant on Simpson Left Go Drink went, you know, went viral. It was nice because, like, that's the kind of fun thing I want. Right. But I'm not actually looking for, you know, what was it, the Washington Post, Kyle, that you ripped into, uh, the article that was 
saying that regardless of whether New England has Gronkowski or not, they're still going uh, to mop the floor with the Eagles, like a very yes. lazy narrative. I'm not looking for any – I'm really not looking for anybody to totally break down and do an analysis of the game. Like, I know that it's going to be a, a, a ridiculous challenge to go in and, and beat a Belichick and Brady team. I'm just looking – you know, I'm looking for people to rally behind the team again like they have for the, you know, for the last, what, four or five weeks – being told that they have no chance and being told by people like me that there really is minimal chance of them winning. Like, I, I, I think that the entire thing is just kind of working in, in our favor. I think it's better to, to go in with no expectations uh, than it is to get excited, like to get overly excited, overly hyped up, and then like be bitterly disappointed if things don't go well early. That's just me. That's how I approach it. But I think people have, have kind of rallied behind it, and I think that's that's maybe the better way to go in the Super Bowl. I don't think this is uh I don't think this is like the the long shot oh god you know there's only a small I think there's a there's a real good chance of this happening um I I don't know I it doesn't feel like the long shot that I thought it would at 6:30 on Sunday night that game changed I I know before leading up to the Falcons game I must have said it 10 times on here it's like we're, we've run out of things to talk about about you know what to expect because we have no idea like, we, like, are we going to see any semblance of the Eagles team we saw prior to December 10th or whatever the day Carson Wentz got hurt was? Or are we going to see the team we've seen lately and they're going to have to slug it out in in two touchdown games, uh, like two total touchdowns? And I think that what happened on Sunday is just completely reset our expectations and calibration for what could happen. I went back and watched a condensed game last night because I felt – uh, like I forgot everything. I just remembered the scores, but didn't really like couldn't recall specific things. It was weird. Um, <laughs> really good. So I feel like, but you know, we're in this weird time now where there's this lull, and this is new for. I mean, this is new for all of us. I mean, maybe not as much you, Adam, because you know you do the Super Bowl, you cover the Super Bowl every year. It's it's what you guys do. But I think locally, this is such a unique thing because it's been it's been so long. And it's always unique for a city when they're in the Super Bowl. But it's been so long. Um, we haven't had a, a finals appearance as a city in, what, eight years? Um, since, what, the Flyers in 2010? Um, we haven't advanced past the advanced around in the playoffs in five-plus years. So it's really new for us. And now you throw in this two-week lull that needs to be filled by something. And... You, it's the first time locally where you know social media has been a thing, and it's interesting to see the way um, you know the Super Bowl is being uh, covered and reacted to. In you know, like last time the Eagles were in the Super Bowl in 2005, you know, you watched Comcast and you watched Daily News Live and you read the paper and you you turned on ESPN and you listened to WIP. And now there are so many other ways, I think, for fans to really, like, get into it. Someone tweeted us the other day. They said, like, for me, your podcast is going to be a big part of the hype machine going into the game. And I think it's kind of cool just to see the way, like, everything's coming together. And then you have, you know, news stations just reaching for stories for, like, two weeks. Like, here's one from CBS Philly. Super Bowl 2018, Alexa is an Eagles fan. Like, we're three days into this, and we've reached the nothing-to-report-on stage. Um yeah, so I don't know. Last I, I time find for that two weeks, for two weeks in the 2004-2005 season, those two weeks were dominated with, is Terrell Owens going to play? That was That's the right. story that dominated for two weeks because 
he missed the whole playoffs. They beat the Vikings without him. They beat the Falcons without him. And then it was like, is he going to play? And it was like doctors and and teammates and what are they going to do? And Because, uh, man, that whole season was defined by that soon-to-be contentious relationship, Donald McNabb and T.O. And, um, and also yeah. T.O. sleeping in his hyperbaric chamber next to his hyperbaric bed. Hyperbaric chamber, yes. So that he could, exactly. <laughs> so they could get ready for the game. Yeah, so there was all of these, those little stories. But that was the main one, though, the T.O. one. That was the main thing that everyone... T- I just remember talking about that for two weeks. But now, yeah. oh, the the birth and death of a very dumb nugget of information during this time is incredible. It's just finding unique angles to, to be relevant. Um, you know, and, and using the right emojis with the right video and... <laughs> And a lot of emojis. Well, yeah. So, um, so on speaking of that, I, I Russ will like this. Um, big news. Well, well bef- bef- <laughs> oh, go to the big news. Bef- well, go I am going to the, get to the big news. Go to the this big is actually part news. of the big news. Okay. So I got a call yesterday from uh, Jeff Blumenthal from the Philly Business Journal, and he was doing a story on how the Super Bowl run is affecting uh, local local <clears throat> quote unquote media. He's t- you know he talked to Comcast, us, I think a couple of other bloggers and podcasters, and like how does this like is this measurably different for what you guys do in terms of audience interest, in terms of sponsorships and stuff like that? Uh, I name dropped you, Russ. That's why I said you would like it because I said we Whoa. do a podcast, and I said you know Whoa. for us this is. Uh, you know, for us, this is cool because, you know, we now have the ability to go out and do live shows and there's uh, sponsorship interest in having us out there because, and on short notice. Like by by the end of day Monday, Kurt had pulled together um, what we're about to tell you about. So, you know, I, I was like, yeah, it, it definitely makes things easier. But he said, who do you do the podcast with? I said, a guy named Adam Lefko who works for Bleacher Report and Russell Joy. He's like, oh, I haven't heard of Russ. What's his name again? And I yes. said, Russell Joy. So yes. I, I actually don't know if the article was written, uh, but I, I'm, I really, the only thing I care about is, is hoping that your name is in print in there. Um, What's his name? I don't even Zachary know. Blumenthal? Oh, I'm Jeffrey Blumenthal. Oh, Philly Jeffrey Business Blumenthal. Journal. Okay. Um, I don't even know if it's up yet. But uh, yeah, anyway, so um, what I told him about was uh, we are doing another live show. It is going to be at Carlino's again, but this time in Westchester uh, next Tuesday yeah. night. The Tuesday before the game, which is, uh, I don't know the date. doesn't really matter. It's Tuesday night. It's a 30th. Seven, thank you. 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, tentatively 7 to 9 p.m. I want to double check on that, but it was 7 to 9 last time. I would imagine it's the same time. It In Westchester. Confirmed. Uh, okay. Confirmed. Do not have the address, but I imagine that if you, if you can't find it, you can text Russ or tweet him, and he will be able to <laughs> scroll, it, scroll it to you on the back of a napkin drunk. It's uh, uh, 128. 128 West Market Street in Westchester. Let me how many paces from the nearest bar and to the nearest uh, hostel. I was going to say brothel, but hostel was definitely the word I'm looking for. Okay. I could tell people that there, if you tweet at me, I will tell you a few uh, parking lots that you can hit up. Westchester's parking situation isn't always the best. I can find you free parking for much better. Can't be worse than Ardmore's. Cannot be worse than Ardmore's. Now, there's... uh, they're like a block away from the courthouse, and across mm-hmm. the street from that is a big parking garage. There's like a second floor, plenty of parking. I have other places too, so if you can't find parking, tweet at me, and I'll I'll let you know where all the hidden Westchester free lots are. I used to work I'm good, in I'm good at this uh, when I worked for the Inquirer. Uh, I, we had, they had an office in Westchester. Um, 
So we were right downtown there. Cool town. I like town. It used to be the yeah. old movie theater, and now I think it's like a bank or something. Uh, I'm sorry, a hotel. It's a hotel now. Um, yeah, so Tuesday night um, at Carlino's, same deal as last time. We're going to be doing a live podcast. We will have. They will have food out for you to try, obviously, from their game day menus. Uh, we are trying to get a beer sponsor. Last time we had La Cabra Brewing. Uh, I know they've uh, been contacted again. They're in Berwyn, so they're not too close to Westchester, but we expect to have some sort of a beer tasting there as well. There will be apparel uh, if you want to buy um, some gear up for the Super Bowl from the Crossing Broad store. Uh, we will we will have our apparel there. Hopefully there's enough of it remaining by Tuesday, but that's the plan. Um, yeah, so come out. Uh, obviously, Eagles talk and all that stuff. So um, we're looking forward to that. Thanks to Carlino's. Again, short notice by like Monday. Um, you know, we, we said, Hey, we gotta, we gotta get at least one live location. We're trying to work on maybe, maybe another one. Um, I, I, Kurt's got a few things in the work works, I think. So we might have some other things coming up over the next week or two here as well. Well, my main focus is on Blumenthal. Don't drop the ball, Blumenthal. Russell's relying on this. It's going up on the fridge. I was going to say that's exactly where it has to go. I'm very excited. I know, like... I'm like, well, and a guy named Adam Lefko and a guy named Russell Joy, and I was like, ah, Adam's had his name in print enough. I was like, we need to get Russ, Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L, Joy, G-O, and yeah, then I was, too, I, I never forget else. if you actually oh, spell okay. it Joy. Man, yeah, I, I, hope it's, sure I really hope it's spelled with a G with one L. God, that would be so great. <laughs> Misspelled first gonna, name and then the G-O-I spelling in the last name. I'm stalking this guy's Twitter for the rest of the day. I'm very excited. Um, it just wait, up, it's going to say, it's just going to say Kyle paywall, Scott of so. Crossing Broad. Be like, damn. Uh, you, you can only do what you can. I, whatever happens in the editing process, you never know. Um, yeah, but I mean, so that, that was the gist of it. And it, it's really like the, the reason I brought up your thing, Adam, and, and, you know, that it's like, you know, for everybody involved, this is a really, this is a really cool thing, obviously for the team and for the fans. But you see, I mean, every local business wants to get in on this somehow, whether, it, you do what we do and, and talk about sports and media or, you know, you just have an Italian market or, you know, a local mom and pop shop who's on the news because they they're making eagles shaped whatever. Um, it's a pretty cool time of year. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about on Monday, because I don't know if we really knew what exactly had happened by 6 a.m. with the celebration. But now that we are through the fog, um, pretty decent. Uh, post-game celebration in the city of Philadelphia without any real incidents. And yet, um, I know this is like a tired narrative, but it seems like every time something good happens, it's like the entire country was waiting to see how Philly reacted. And then in the absence of any real, like real chaos, I mean, many a cities, many a cities, win or lose in big games like that, I've seen car fires. I've seen cars overturned. You've seen all this stuff. You've seen people hurling bottles and all this stuff. And yes, that did happen at the Vikings bus and to a few Vikings fans heading into the game. But as far as the celebration went, almost nothing seriously bad happened. And yet we came out of this um, with the uh, national media and some reporters from Minnesota and Pittsburgh and other places calling us subhumans, uh, calling us trash I found it delicious to hear KFC from Barstool reportedly refer to to Philly as trash people uh, three weeks after cheating on his pregnant wife. Um, You know, like all these, all these things. Seriously, though, like takes balls. 
it's hard to get up there and do your shtick when you got when you got it when you're wearing a big one on your uh, a big brand on your chest. Um, so I don't know, like, what do you guys make of the whole um, the way Minnesota fans were complaining about it? The way um, there was a Minnesota reporter who said, uh, you know, it, it, you know, we may not be in the Super Bowl, but at least it, they'll still have to be from Philly tomorrow. And then you had this guy Ron Cook from Pittsburgh call us subhumans. He genuinely fears for the city of Philly if we lose. Yeah. Nothing. No one. There were six total arrests on Sunday night. There was another report that none of them were specifically related to the celebration. Six total Eagles fan arrests. A um, couple public drunkenness, urination type things. But no major fights in the celebration. No riots. No, There was a couple little bonfires, but no cars on fire. No people smashing windows. Like, I actually thought we handled it pretty well. Yeah, in well, a very always sunny well, way, like so, seeing the guy with the, the people riding on cars and with the dog head mask, and, the, and obviously the guy running into the pole, like the guy running into the poles, the biggest story, and it was, to- it was totally funny, thankfully, because he, he could have died, uh, had he fallen under the train. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think that first we need to thank that man. His name is Jagar Desai, uh, who became a viral sensation running into a pole. Why well, do have to thank that man? Well, because I think in of itself, he's it's adding to the propaganda. No, I think dumb motherfuckers. No, I think it helped <laughs> because I didn't see as many um, images of people climbing, climbing poles in the national circuit as much as I did see this guy running into a pole. So a funny viral video to me kind of, uh, Helps provide, I guess, it another another side to the, to the anger. Yelling in a baby's crib yes. or something like that. I see yeah. What you're so I think I think he it needs also to be celebrated one of the bit. greatest Chiron. Is it Chiron Adam? The TV. Yes. If one the of the lower greatest. Lower third. Yeah, the lower yeah. third on Fox. Uh, it had his name and then it said it was, he was identified by ran into pole. <laughs> it's uh, it's That's also his lifetime achievement. <laughs> It's really rich of a Pittsburgh guy to also, you know, say the city won't survive. If you just Google Pittsburgh riot Steelers Super Bowl, you can find plenty of images of people burning things in the middle of streets in Pittsburgh. Like, I, I am so sick of this narrative. Um, of course. Like, we're all fucking sick of it. I'm thinking about now, ranting about it on, like today, and I just, there's just, it, it gets me too angry. Like, I, I will say, unpopular opinion. Um, Eagles fans do bring a lot of this on themselves. Of course. I mean, like, of Fuck all the Millie. of yeah, that was bad. Um, what's worse, I think, and this oh, I'm is actually this okay is, with that. I was saying this that is the only the only thing that I hate is people cursing at small children, which <laughs> which definitely happened at the game. Walking into the game, like there was a six year old kid in front of me, and there were a few just drunks that were cursing this kid out and talking about what they were going to do his mom at halftime like that to the that, kid yeah to the kid and see Why that's is the kid in a vikings jersey but i get your point yeah yeah and so like that's that's where i get what that's where like when people give philly a hard time i'm like well unfortunately we're never going to be able to get rid of the people who do that um they're, they're... that is questionable parenting however i would be terrified no, it's, to it's not bring my... if you take i would not do a game look if if you take your kid, kid to a game, any football game wearing an away jersey, any team in the country, let alone Philly, like I because they're stupid. you have to acknowledge it, it is stupid. Like no, one, I'm not defending yelling yelling at toddlers, but uh, or maybe I am. No, now, Russ, but to your to your point, when Sims was a kid and and Phil was playing, 
he would go to away games and home games, and Phil wouldn't want them to go to the Eagles stadium. It was the only time that he didn't want them to go to a game was Veterans Stadium because Chris looked exactly like Phil as a child because they're both, like, white, blonde, and he was going to be, like, a giant in the Giants section, and he was like, they're going to know who you are. Don't go to Philly. So, like, it is, it's our reputation, it's our action, and as you're saying, like, they will yell at kids. Like, we can't defend all of the actions, and Russ, you're, you're being very realistic as you look at it. Um, the one thing that I did like was Mike Clay from ESPN, who uh, grew up in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Um, he posted he posted a uh, thing from Picture Washington. Picture of a mine? No, it was and the canary. No, it was the um, the Washington Post study five years ago on fan arrests. Um, yes, Philadelphia was middle of the table. I love how you three, call out the one guy arrests. from Pottsville who posted that, and not like just the entire internet. Well, like, because oh, I saw him. Mike, I saw. Mike I saw him. Post. Oh, I'm he saying, wrote it. I saw him. He post wrote it. it. Never mind. I saw him. Never mind. I saw him Shit. post it first. You're right. Never mind. He did. Or I, his his his. Never mind. Go ahead. Carry on. Oh, that oh, was unfair what? of me. Go ahead. That's a win. That's a Russ win. That is a Russ win. Kyle, Kyle, six Boom. seconds of silence. Baby. You know the deal. Oh, he got muted. Yes. Can You're I really talk? It. Can I talk about Konechny scoring a winner? And Kyle, and it's back. over. And I'm back. No, um, I, actually, there Russ, was, there, what? You lost it. You lost it now. No, I was. I ah, was just. You lost it. But this is Go good. Uh, Go ahead. It's good. Go ahead. This was um just like a fan reaction thing. I forgot to say it on uh on Monday. This was a really cool thing. So when you talk about um, the the way that, that games and wins for the Eagles matter differently to different groups and different ages. When we were getting to our seats, um, my buddy and his, his family were telling me about how the guy who was sitting behind us the entire week before had yelled at their other friend for standing up during during any point of the Falcons game. And so when I got in, I was like, I'm going to make friends with this guy because I'm going to stand most of this game. So we strike up a conversation about when was the last time the Eagles were in the NFC Championship? How old were you? I'm like, oh, I was in high school, I think. Um, This guy, like, as soon as things started going well, I mean, everybody was beaming, including this guy who I think had, you know, been a curmudgeon the previous week. Uh, By the third quarter, he started really softening up. And by the fourth quarter... uh, as the skull and Foles chants were going around, I turned around just to like make a comment to the guy, and he was beaming. He was bawling his eyes out, and he looked over at I guess who is his son and said, "I'm so happy we're going back." And it was just like a really cool moment to watch somebody who looked like you know a hardened Philadelphia fan uh, break down with emotion, and like that was happening all throughout the stadium. But like I don't know, it, that that just kind of touched me to the core. I was very happy. It's, yeah, and one, it, was, it was nice. And one you don't thing, realize how much a, a win means to to people. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah, and I think that that person you just described to me, and and this is you know kind of tied into that Washington Post article as well, is when we, like we talk about this portrayal of the Philly fans and the way like there's there's two ways I think we get portrayed. One is the hardcore. A hardened blue collar Eagles fan, uh, a lot of the guys who are going to be at Wing Bowl, like that person, and and them being dangerous and crazy and all this stuff. But to your point, and I know that's like an anecdotal bit, those people tend to be the ones who genuinely care. Like that guy is not getting in a fight in the parking lot because this ticket means everything to him. 
Okay, like that guy, he might give the opposing fans a hard time, but he, he's not interested in fighting. He he wants to watch the game like he is there to watch the game and celebrate. And and, you know, this is a once a, a once or twice in a lifetime chance to sit here and watch the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. The other way we get portrayed is uh, what always Sonny did to like our reputation in a weird way was like. The guy, you know, the guy walking around shirtless with the, uh, we'll call them big old titties. I think we can call them big old titties and the, and the eagle head mask while there's a guy riding on the car. And it's like certain things we do look like scenes out of Always Sunny, riding the dune buggy up the art museum steps. Like where does someone even find a dune? Where is there a dune buggy in the city of Philadelphia? Like where, where do you park that? Um, like those things, you know, so those are like two of the portrayals. You get this hardcore blue collar person, or you get this like trashy, always sunny, like just ridiculous, dirty people thing. But I think the people who really do the best work, worst work of giving us a bad name, it's like watching these videos of the way Vikings fans were treated. The people harassing them were like 18 year old dipshits. Like, Every one of these videos, watching the fights in the parking lot, these videos that came out of Vikings fans walking up, I'm like, I know these people are a part of the fan base, but they all appear to be under 22 and completely unable to hold their alcohol. And I don't imagine that any of these people are the are the true fans. And I know it's like easier for us to sit here and say, oh, what's a true fan? And this is a sports talk radio conversation. But I'm like amazed at how each one of these videos where people are acting truly heinously are like kids, like college kids there to tailgate, many of whom I'm willing to bet didn't have a ticket for the game who are just there to get drunk. You know, girls walking around, uh, you know, with their shirts hanging off, screaming in people's faces, that drunk kid like yelling in that old and uh, that middle-aged Vikings fan's face, you know, go birds. Like, these aren't, I don't think these guys, I don't want to let these guys represent the fan base. And I think that's what's interesting. It's like, it's not the people that the national media thinks are the bad ones. It's actually just like the dipshit college kids, and I'm suspecting some high school kids who showed up there. And even with all that in consideration, that Washington Post article um, listing the average arrest per game, San Diego, New York, New York, Oakland, Pittsburgh, San Fran. It's it's California, it's North Jersey, and it's Pittsburgh. And it's always, it's always those cities. Like when people talk about when bad shit happens here – like go look Adam I think you mentioned it to the the celebrations that happen in Pittsburgh or the fights and literal murders that happen in the parking lots of West Coast team games you know like gang related in the, shit the, in the it was like San Giants Francisco and Giants Dodgers, right yes. yeah I mean I know you know so look bad stuff has happened in Philly obviously it happens everywhere but I I've joked on the website about those places being the worst but they truly are like there are truly really scary things that happen in those places and you know, we get papered with this because, you know, guys are running around shirtless and climbing poles and otherwise. We get you know, this because of debauchery. three. We get this because of three facts that have become mythological. Santa Claus and snowballs, batteries and J.D. Drew, and the fact that we had a jail underneath the stadium. Those three things are the most repeated stories about why Philadelphia fans are crazy. And then because oh, and of Mi- Con- Michael Irvin as well, that that I think actually replaces J.D. Drew. I think Philadelphians remember J.D. Drew more. You're right. Michael Irvin replaces that. But I think that uh, because of confirmation bias now, as soon as it ended, 
Like, I know that Omar, the guy that runs House of Highlights, the guy, he's like 23 years old. Someone asked him in the office, you know, who would be better to be in the Super Bowl? And he said, Philadelphia fans, because they're going to give me more content. And that's just the fact is any video that goes up, anybody yelling, it's like magnified by 10 if he's wearing an Eagles jersey. He instantly becomes uh, like this crazy person, this fanatic when they're Philadelphia, other than like support. Like think about the videos that went up for Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like it was a skull chant at the Rocky Steps. It was, you know, Millie, the 99-yard. Like Eagles probably have a 100-year-old fan. The Eagles probably like like they're doing a lot right now to support like kids and schools and all that stuff. Like there's all these things where it's like really good stuff, but that's not what they want. You know, the national media wants the crazy idiot fan uh, that's really loud and mean. And I could find that one for every single fan base, but the Philly one's going to get pushed more because it fulfills the narrative. And, and that's the part that's tough. And there was a great video that went around like low level, you know, Twitter retweets of a Vikings fan, a woman. Because one of the things people, I've seen a lot of people point out is like, holy shit, Philly women are bad at, you know, women kicking each other's heads in the parking lot. Like there were definitely some, some bad looks there. Don't get me wrong. But there's video of a Vikings fan being taken out of the game. <laughs> Straight up being like physically escorted by three male security guards up the steps during the game and just turning and spitting in a guy's face. Okay. And that, yeah, I'll, I'll show it to you. It's in, but that, uh, uh, to your point, you didn't even know it existed. And I had yep. a few people send it to me and I saw it make its way around like Philly Twitter, but it didn't go anywhere. Like, and if that was a Philly fan in Minnesota, like this trashy woman being escorted out, loogieing right in a guy's face while people are chanting at her, cursing, all this stuff, you know, her cursing, all this stuff. You know, that that gets magnified. And that's why it's like, it's easy to sit here. We always have this conversation. I but yeah, it's, I don't it's know genuinely true. End. No, it's not. And it's fine. I just thought it was interesting how it's like, the minute that game ended, the, you know, you have people who are just like, like you said, the content guys, you know, the young 20-somethings at all these media outlets who are just ready, like, all right, let's get our content ready. And the the narrative is already like, look at this trashy Philly person. Look at this trashy Philly person. And it turns out they really couldn't find that much. Like, greased up poles. I guarantee you they've greased poles in other cities during championship events. I would, I would I almost don't know how many of those cities have gone out of their way ahead of time to announce it and call themselves the well, Crisco that's Cop. That's to Adam's point. That's my point is it's – Exactly. Philadelphia has an obsession with announcing how prepared they are for craziness, <laughs> which is they're leading into this storyline. You know, like Philadelphia, I don't need to know your like your plans for arresting people. Like, stop it. You're only making it worse. And also the Crisco cops thing, like, even if that does happen in other cities, I'm telling you, I don't think it would be spread as far uh, because it's Philadelphia. Like our craziness is expected. I am starting to get offended at the amount of people that I work with or that I know that go, Adam, you're a rare Philadelphia fan. I could talk to you about stuff. I root for your team. But in general, I hate Eagles fans. And I'm like, how many Eagles fans do you really know? Like, you live in New York. Like, how many Eagles fans do you really know? Like, four? And I bet you say that same sentence you just said that to me, to them. Like, Really, you need to open your eyes and just go, I'm not going to judge people until I meet more people. 
You know, because it's just, it's, it's really, it's a fact now. Like, if you were to write down facts for every team in the NFL, you would write craziest, like, crazy fans for Philadelphia. You just would. And I don't think many people have experienced Philadelphia fans. They're just told that their entire lives. Like, I really think in the upbringing of sports fans, it's Philadelphia fans are crazy. They had a jail, Michael Irvin, Santa Claus. And then it's ingrained in them till a young age. And now I'm at this time in a national perspective where I either want to change people's perspective that we're not that bad or go fuck you for saying that I'm good and that everyone else is bad. Like, I'm not sure which way I want to go with it. Speaking of going, I have to go. Oh, you, oh I, wanted, I wanted you around for this next What's part. Up? I got it. Well, then hurry what's, up. Do it. What's the next part? What? Well, yeah, I, is it uh, big news? Yeah, it's going to take a few minutes to discuss. It was, it's what this is Philly, it? This Philly Mag article about how uh, only white people celebrate. Oh, Jesus. It, it might not be a two-minute out-the-door conversation. No, it's not. No, it's it's not. Well, let me hear it. Okay. okay. So, All right, let, let Russ go. You want to worldwide genocide us? Yeah, no. sure. Go for it. Real, all right, so um, I will not talk about the fact that Konechny scored his second game-winning goal in overtime Ooh. in a row. I won't talk about the fact that Ben Simmons was left off the All-Star reserves last night. I w- Whoa. Yeah. You didn't know that? Uh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. I do, he, but I do think we need to talk um, about that. I did love the fact that Shaq was uh, was huge on not believing Al Horford should make the All-Star team, scoring uh, or averaging 13.6 rebounds per game, even though Bill Simmons and plenty of the national media wanted to run a narrative that he deserved to start over Joel Embiid, which was nonsense. Who was the worst guy that got in over Ben Simmons? I don't know if there's necessarily like one guy you can point to. Like I don't know if Washington deserved to have both backcourt guys. No, I mean they are be- they are better. But like Walls missed substantial amounts of time. Kyle Lowry I don't really think has had an all star season, but again don't like you they're, dare. they're t- he, no, he, 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 Russ, this is actually great for us that Ben Simmons didn't get it. No, I know. Like there, there's like this counter narrative going on now that it's a good thing because now it'll teach him that he needs to shoot a jump shot. Whatever. No, um, that it's gonna just make him a fucking Tasmanian devil. Is what's gonna make him? I hope it does. That would be nice. Um, there was one other thing. All right, so I'm not gonna read them, but we did pick up seven new five star reviews since Monday's show. Seven. Seven. Do you want me to read Michael one? Michael Vick of How, iTunes reviews. I just want to know something. How many times a day do you refresh iTunes? I only check it once a day. Really? Yesterday, yesterday when I checked, it was four, and now okay. it's seven. It's now seven new ones. Yeah, read the best one. We should we uh, read them all, Jim, Russ. All right. Uh, I read that one. All right. Uh, one is none of them were really that good. They were just very no, nice. no. There, there is no, there is one uh, that gave us. Uh, let's see. Loving crossing broad from my mountain cabin. Oh, Five stars good. by Blinkman three. There aren't many places to get my Philly sports fix from my home in the remote high desert of western New Mexico, so I'm thankful for crossing broadcasts. Love your well-rounded approach to topic choice and honesty views. Uh, three dudes from different backgrounds. How often does that happen? Beautiful mix. Keep it rolling, fellas. By the way, never listened to Sims and Lefko before this year, but now, long sip. I don't miss an episode of that either. Nice. Sip uh, up. There are a few other ones. I'll come back around. There is one person who said that they wrote it, just hoping that I'll stop begging for reviews. Uh, <laughs> another person said that they're only leaving a review because they want me to curse. Oh, say, uh, say here's a curse a, word. No. Here's another one. Uh, Evie Basil, uh, best of Philly, five stars, starting to become my favorite podcast over Pardon My Take. Russ brings great insights on uh, Sixers and Flyers, despite 
someone wanting to shove him in a locker at times. Even Adam is becoming likable <laughs> when he isn't name-dropping Sims every 15 minutes. Kyle hey. brings the down-to-earth realistic view on Philly sports. I'm just right, happy I don't me, have to Mr. listen. to earth I'm just happy I don't have to listen to babbling idiot Gargano anymore. Russ, there are you other have to ones read that all were these people's names. Can you just read the seven yeah, yeah. names? Um, yeah, I think they care me more and, about their me names. And Har- me and Harpua, I think, is yes. one that left a five star review. Um Philly Ant twenty three left Aunt? a five star review. Baba 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 Bavif hey, left Baba, one. Baba. Um I think that was it. Blinkman three was the one from the mountain cabin. TJ's back tat. Only asked one question, winning streak, five-star review. And Steve uh, Bloom, I th- I'll probably read Steve's on uh, Friday. Yeah. Right, so, guys, on that, on that note, have a, uh, a great night. And by the way, this article that Kyle's going to talk about, this is why Trump won. Yep. That's it. Uh, yeah, right, uh, I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, two things. I, I One, I chuckled at that line in the review that said, uh, three guys from from diverse or different backgrounds. Like we're three white dudes from the suburbs. We're not like, uh, you know, we're not we're not that diverse here. But we do yeah, have but, three different yeah, but backgrounds. You believe you believe that if you spend a day in New York, your mucus turns black. I've which, noticed that you've gotten some. There's been some tweets about this, and yeah, apparently and I'm the only said one. That you're wrong. I, I, you know, look, I can prove it. The next time I have to go to New York or go to New York for something, I will. You're gonna show us your boogers. I'll, Super pumped for that. Uh, I look. I'm, I'm not gonna die on this cross without making an effort because it's it's a real thing. Um, so that was one. Two. Uh, another shout out in order for uh, Uncle Reed, my uh, my uh, wife's uncle who lives in Texas, who works, I believe, like the overnight shifter works at nights and listens to us um, religiously to the point where he texted me. Uh, the other day and said, your show's not up yet. And it was like 9.30 our time. He's like, you're killing me. I need some sort of, I need my fix. Um, And I said, it's up. It was up early today. It's been up. And apparently the Android or Google Play uh, store, however you listen to uh, podcasts on Android, uh, did not display it in a timely fashion. So for those of you on Android who are waiting around, check uh, elsewhere. He said he was able to get it on Stitcher. Uh, But shout out to him. I think he's one of our best listeners. Um... So yeah, thanks, 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 Uncle Reed for uh, for listening, and uh, yeah, get, get get on Stitcher or something. Android, Android's a hellfire. Um, but uh, sp- uh, real quick, we have one other sponsor item to tell you about, and that is our friends at Adam Amerigas. Amerigas, the nation's what are they? Leader in propane. And how many locations available at how many locations? Uh, like so many that your brain will spin. Fifty-five thousand, including. One in Ardmore. Home Depot and 7-Eleven. Like the worst mm. Mad Lib ever. Um, so we have a new contest with them. $500 worth of tailgating prizes. Same as last time. Portable grill. Uh, portable heat lamp. Two uh, tailgating chairs with sunshades. A hose uh, to hook everything up. Hook your propane up to everything. Just just stick it on everything. Um, except for your mouth. Don't breathe it in. Or suck it in. Whatever. Um, and $200 worth of Crossing Broad Store apparel. Uh, shout out to the winner from last time, whose name will come to me here in a second. Um, he won the prize last time. His name is Daniel Davidson, uh, podcast listener. So congrats to you, Daniel, for winning. You'll be getting your CV gift card over in email at some point today. Um, so we're doing this contest again, but it's a little different this time. Hashtag show your tank. I want to see your tanks. Amerigas wants to see your tank. So all you got to do, go out, look at your grill. Like stop what you're doing right now. Go look at your grill. 
I bet you you have an Amerigas tank and didn't even realize it. Take a picture of it, tweet it, or post it on Instagram with the hashtag show your tank. Or just go, just you're driving by a Home Depot, take a picture of a tank. Get us a, something with Amerigas on it, a tank preferably. Hashtag show your tank, and you'll automatically be entered to win the same prize $500 worth of stuff, uh, a grill, portable space heater, $200 worth of apparel to Crossing Broad Store, and more. So uh, do that. Uh, pretty fun. It, it, you're, you, the winner will take, it's not a random drawing, it is the best, most ironic, most ridiculous photo of a propane tank you can take. Like, as, as crazy as you want to make it, as glorious as you want to make it, that's how you're going to win. We, we need some creativity here or just very good photo skills. Uh, so thanks to Amerigas for uh, sponsoring us. I imagine they powered many of the Eagles' tailgates, uh, which, if you are to believe this Philly Mag article, were partaken in only by uh, white people who, who uh, benefited from white privilege in celebrating the Eagles uh, going on to the NFC Championship. Uh, are you familiar with this article? I am not. So uh, I'll, I'll read a quick excerpt here. It was written in Philly Mag by a writer named Ernest. Let me, I want to get his name right because I feel like he deserves to, to, uh, to have people know who wrote it. Uh, Ernest Owens. Ernest Owens for Philly Mag. So he wrote an article called The Eagles Won Big Sunday Night and So Did White Privilege. And the whole thing is about how if this, um, more or less, if this were a Sixers victory and there were this is actually in the article, like black people celebrating the stuff that was tolerated for white people would not have been tolerated the way it was for the Eagles uh, winning. Jesus and Miro made this joke on uh, Monday night. They showed like the Eagles, some of the Eagles celebration in the fire. And they were like, they're like, this is stuff that white people can get away with. Uh, and I actually laughed because so it's, I feel like that's where this has been taken from, but well, it has, but I mean, it, it's pretty easy it was I mean, so Kevin has an article coming up on it today, and it's pretty easy to go through basically any video of the celebration and find a wonderfully like a positively diverse crowd. There are white people, there are black people, there are Latino people, there are Asian people, there are people like there is no you I can't feel like look. It's all because of the fire video. But you can't look at any of these pictures and not see a rather diverse group, which is a good thing. So here, let me read to you an excerpt. Um, when so many ch are chanting fly eagles fly, I am reminded of the double standards around these celebrations. Crowds of white people in all their unapologetic privilege got publicly, publicly drunk, set fires, scaled traffic poles, disrespected city monuments, and, and every, uh, everyone cheered them on. It's a Philly thing. I heard people say, uh, the police weren't stopping the, the antics. They merely wanted to manage him. He goes on to say, um... Uh, so thousands of mostly white people got to roam the streets freely without heavy police intervention and basically got to do whatever they wanted all because our city's won a game. There's a long history of this local tolerance of bad behavior from Eagles fans, but honestly, this level of accepted misconduct isn't an Eagles fan phenomenon. It's an acceptance of white privilege. And then he went on to make that Sixers comparison. It's a patently ridiculous story. Like, while anyone can sit here and acknowledge the fact that there are definitely things tolerated from white people by police that are not tolerated uh, if if that person is black, that is that's a totally reasonable thing to say. But to, to try and turn what was otherwise a very positive event, and as we talked about, with no real major incidents, just a whole lot of people having some, like, good old debauchery. And then you could go, and I mean, you could literally just grab any of these videos, any of the viral ones, any of the people in the streets or on the polls, 
And you have a like to sit there and say that this was a a white person thing is entirely unfair because I don't know how if anybody else besides this guy besides Ernest looked at that celebration and said, "Oh, only white people are celebrating the Eagles' victory." Um, I'm telling you, this that is absurd. He's not. I will say though that I find that there is a direct correlation between uh, white people and things being burned. Like I'll say that. Like I did. Like I'm telling you. Like all the videos, I agree with you, man. Like it's every fan out there celebrating. But I do feel like there's more white people burning things than other races. Like I'm telling you, that video. That's the reason that this is being written. The tall fire where they show the neighborhood and everybody, and everybody in that video is white. That would be the only thing that I'll say. Is is that I do think there's that. I think that it's it's also tough to like, uh, like unless Ernest is out there. Like, did it say in the article that he was actually out there amongst the celebrators, or is he going based off of the videos that are being selected for social media as well? Uh, I I would suspect it's the latter. I don't know for sure, but his background is um, three other stories he wrote for Philly Mag. How he explained how Malcolm Jenkins is a sellout for exploiting Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he wrote how white organizers were influencing the Phillies' women's march, and he wrote about how gay male business owners are trying to take advantage of white privilege. So these, like, this is his, as Kevin says in his piece, this is his beat. Um, and wait, you, what's his name again? Uh, Ernest Owens. Oh, I thought it was going to be our favorite guy. Who is? I forget his name. Nice. Uh, what's no? What's his so name? Funny. Your your favorite guy that you put a poop emoji over? Oh, Marcus Hayes. Yeah. No, this is. I mean, this is too. This is even too like down in the weeds. Uh, too man. Too much for Marcus. That's yeah. wild. So, like, he went in. It's pretty clear he went into this with an angle. I would suspect before the before the first pole was climbed. Um. I don't know. I, I just feel like stuff like this makes things ge- like genuinely makes things worse because I don't think anyone in the right mind would look at what happened the other night and have and, and try and draw any sort of racial divides. Like you could find these videos from every corner of the city, every corner from from South Philly to North Philly, West Philly, the Northeast, Center City, like take your pick, Rittenhouse. Like I sell, I was in Rittenhouse in Center City when the Phillies won the World Series. Like different crowd there than North Philly, different crowd in South Philly than North Philly. Like, no, but no one is looking at these sell. Like I'm just baffled that someone would look at this and say, "Oh, well, this is this is a a white person thing." Like there are people of all. Like there are pictures here. You know, black guys riding on hoods of cars. It's fine. They weren't arrested, nor should they have been. White guys riding on hoods of cars. Like it doesn't matter. Our most famous fan who ran into the pole is an Indian guy from India. Like if the beautiful thing about this celebration was it brought everyone who might otherwise be at odds in the city out on the same street corner celebrating with each other in all parts of the city one common thing not to make too much of it it wasn't like some grand unifying moment but it was a nice well, that, thing there was no tr- like racial strife like it's absurd it's absurd to like glom this on to the fact oh police let this go because it's white people they wouldn't have done that for the Sixers. nothing bullshit is you know how many white hipster his sixers fans there are like give me a break Oh, 100%. Like, the Dude, Sixers crowd it, might be whiter than the Eagles crowd. <laughs> all I know is nothing will unify a group of people more than one team they all root for winning the Super Bowl. And that's a good thing. Like, if think about it. If you wear Eagles gear, let's say they win the Super Bowl. 
for the next fucking six months before the season kicks off, you wear an Eagles hat or an Eagles shirt around town, holy crap, you're getting high-fived by strangers. I don't care what they look like. It's the ultimate unifier. And I just, I do, I just find it funny how, you know, we, in a moment of happiness, we need to start shitting on our fans all the time and separating them based off of their abilities to celebrate. I just think it's, I think it is crazy, but I, I, man, what, what, what was that in that article? Philly Mag. Philly, Philly Mag. Yeah. Philly Mag online. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of their lane at times. Like, I don't know, to me, it's 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 just race race baiting at the nth degree, and the comments on it are predictably like just in, in, insanity. For um, me, it's more confirmation bias, and I. But I will say that I did it. I I'm just gonna put my complete honesty out there. I will say that when I saw the fire video, and then Jesus Amira made that comment, I went, "Yeah, I thought the same thing." But like everything else, like I just didn't think it was this prevailing notion of uh racial preference but be ready for it i mean if the eagles win the super bowl everyone's immediately going to turn to the police scanner uh only thing i will say is i'm going to be celebrating i am going to be enjoying it i am not going to be self-conscious i'm not going to do anything crazy i don't think i don't really think anyone in minnesota is going to do anything crazy we just we're happy you know, and um, I don't know why people have a sick fascination with seeing us and, and hoping that we're crazy, uh, but that's the way it is. So um, just remember that it means that they're watching us because they're envious of our celebration. That's a good point. And, and what do you make of the whole, um, we developed this weird disdain for people from Minnesota, I think more so than um, was expected or that. I even thought on Sunday would be the case. And I don't know it was if the it's the Rocky steps. I think it was the Rocky steps. Yeah. I think it's the Rocky steps. And then combined with every time I saw a video of a Viking, like, like apparently the Vikings fans, when they, when they do stuff, everything is orderly and fashioned, but it's, you know, it's, we were being sold this, um, you know, everyone in a mall and thousands of people and they're doing their clap and they're invading. And I think it's the combination of they were also seen as the team of destiny with the old lady and they're going home. And I just think after a while, you just it gets annoying because the narrative is being pumped in. But I think that the Rocky Steps doing it like that, where it just felt, you know, it felt like you saw a video of of people and they're having a party and then like one camera angle you go holy shit is that in my house like are they partying in my house right now and then you come back and they're like oh no like we're just we were partying there yeah like we we just we set up and we used your furniture and oh i slept in your bed i hope that's cool and then it's like we win and it's you know we want to tell you about it ironically it's exactly what the eagles are doing in minnesota next week yeah a hundred percent. And I will say this, credit to E-Rock. I liked his video. I thought his video was good. I actually did, too. I thought his imitation of Minnesota people was quite well done. I thought so, too. Uh, that's And that's his role in the Eagles fan base, and I thought he did it well. Now, there's a role in the Vikings fan base. I don't know if you saw this. A couple of Vikings fans uh, created a Facebook event to throw stuff at Eagles fans 
on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. of the Super Bowl outside the stadium. Not why they would choose 8 a.m. when I don't think that many people are going to be there yet. I don't know. Uh, but an event encouraging people to bring whatever household items they have, bottles, chairs, batteries, and, uh, and let's all sit Slack? back. Uh, yeah, I'll have to find it here. So long story short, yeah. we did a post on it the other day. Um, two guys out in Minnesota, they create this event as of like three hours after posting it. 500 people confirmed to attend. Um, another 2,600 interested, which to me feels like the greatest way to, to approve of something while not wanting to put yourself in some sort of legal peril. Thank God the Super Bowl's not for two weeks so people can calm down. Yeah. So um, this event has been taken down by Facebook by now. Uh, it looks like, I'm sure law, it looks like law enforcement was notified. So I'm guessing the people who created this, you know, might, might be getting at the very least a phone call because you, this is sort of probably inciting a riot or thereabouts. Um, yeah, encouraging people to throw stuff at Eagles fans and treat us the way they were uh, Minnesota fans were treated here. So um, to your point about this bad Apple thing going, the fact that you didn't know about it. Again, you work for Bleacher Report. You work in sports. If this if this were Eagles fans who did this, um, you know, this would be an ESPN story. Um, yeah, so that is the... Uh, that is uh that is what the the Vikings the Vikings fans are upset and I get it like seeing seeing the Eagles logo painted over that purple in the end zone yesterday looked real nice looked real nice so I understand it we've stole your chant we stole your chant and we're going in your house to play in the Super Bowl that's got to be that tough to me to is the best I don't think I don't think turning the skull into the foals chant is getting enough praise because I think it's amazing yeah and it's it's, it's awesome it's gorgeous. It's one of those seamless things Eagles fans, Philly fans, do so well, um, where it's just sort of like, it's just sort of born and no one tells us. Like, the the reason we look down upon other fan bases sometimes is because, you know, the skull thing, I, it, I don't even, like, have they always done that? Or is that just sort of like a... It's been, I would say, for like the last few years when they've embraced their Vikings heritage. Okay. But you get these things from other fan bases like that, like the Rally Monkey, which seem fleeting. They seem like they come and go. Um, sometimes they feel contrived. Maybe not necessarily this one, but you definitely have, you know, rally sticks, you know, when we're playing Tampa Bay in the playoffs and the hockey or something like that, um, where it always just feels like a little bit contrived. And it's like a fan base. It's like It's like what we would do around here for a minor league team. And I don't know, Russ would hate this, but if the union were to go to the MLS Cup and the city got involved and you'd have people showing up at the game, you have news reporters who couldn't like couldn't tell you how many guys are on the pitch for a soccer game, you know, trying to talk about it. Like sometimes that's what it feels like when other cities are going up against us in a big game. Like we're just better, more advanced, more knowledgeable fans overall than they are. And I think we take exception to that. But the way we turn the skull chan around, like no one coached us to do that. It just sort of happened at the game. The way uh, in 2008, when Evan Longoria comes to the plate and everyone's chanting Eva, like, was it silly? Is it like stupid? Yes. But like, there was no coaching on that. There was no manual that it went around. Like, it just sort of grew. The Brett Myers um, walk before the Shane Victorino Grand Slam off of CC Sabathia in the Divisional Against Series. The Brewers. Like, the, the way the crowd just took over the minute we sensed that that um Sabathi was rattled like there's no coaching there's no prompting like we just have these instincts sometime that it's like and we pick up on things and everyone gets in the media and everyone knows what's going on 
um, you know, like it, it just spreads from section to section. And that's the thing I don't think we get enough credit for. Like that, to me, that is Philly fans at their best. And the other thing is like guys like Mike Trout and Kyle Lowry, who like you could you would speak to this better than I am. How many times have you seen two athletes give an, a press conference specifically about their favorite team that is not their own team? Like Lowry only took questions about the Eagles. Mike, the 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 Angels literally set up a conference call to field media requests for Mike Trout to talk about the Eagles. Like, what other city has fans who you know go on to do this? And other than like Bill Murray, um, you know, do these or or Mark Wahlberg, like, are taking doing press conferences about their favorite team when they play another sport. Two of them in two days. Like, how cool is that? That's, I know. I, right? I just like, don't understand why Buffalo gets celebrated for diving through tables and we get treated like shit. That's really my big question. I don't, why are they Why are they great crazy fans and we're bad crazy fans? Well, th- there might be a, a, a... They get into fights all the time. Yeah, I agree. There might be a direct line there, too. I don't know if you saw, there was a video of an Eagles fan jumping off a car and someone moved the table before he landed. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so that's how we do it. All right. That ambulance is the sign that we need to wrap up. Um, man, this is the best part about being in the Super Bowl. It's two weeks of, of just, you know, it's our team on the national landscape getting a big conversation. Uh, we have a chance, and I, I really can't wait to break it down. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of watching some film at work and coming up with some more football and analyst to, analysis to break down. But the Eagles not only have a chance, they uh, they got a really good chance, and I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, Russ, he's already out of here. How, he's how do you feel about – last thing. How do you feel about the Patriots uh, cheating? Like, what sort of level of paranoia would you have if you're the Eagles? Because there, there was an article a few years ago, I think leading into the Super Bowl, about, you know, how teams will, when they obviously when they go to New England, but they'll check trash cans, they'll sweep the room, they'll hire private security to, to oh, lock yeah, their locker room door. Stuff. Like, what do you, yeah, like, what is your level of paranoia here? Because I, I forget, was it it's the not about Seahawks? paranoia. It's, it's fucking full preparation. No, I know, like, but when like when the Kyle... Seahawks were playing in Arizona, they had people, I guess there was a mountain by their practice facility, and they actually hired people to go up there and make sure no one was up there spying into the, I guess, the field or the college stadium where they were practicing at. Oh, yeah, we're checking everything. I'm scanning the whole stadium. Everyone's playbooks are being quarantined. We're throwing them out if they touch any outside air. Uh, yeah, we're there. No, no expense should be spared, especially because I'm a firm believer that, you know, Spygate and the walkthroughs and all that stuff in 2004, 2005. Um, so yeah, I'm a firm believer in all that. Everything is being prepared. Everything is being protected. Uh, I hope they're going above and beyond for all of that shit. I really do. Yeah, if, if, if they really partake in this, obviously they do something. Spygate was real. I mean, there's everyone will talk about whether they're actually cheating or just, just getting that extra 2% everywhere they can. But, like, if, if they really do this stuff on a, like, somewhat nefarious level, like, all the players can't, you know, all, not there has to be, like, a limited group of people who know. Because if every player on the team knows it and then they go to other teams, I thought about this. I'm like, all right, you got LeGarrette Blunt, you got Long. You're like, you know, they probably really don't know what the coaching staff is doing to get an edge. But how much do no, you think it helps? Possible liability. 
having two key players from the team last year uh, who were on the team. That, like, with the Patriots, does that help less just because they can be so unpredictable in what they do? Like, I think, Blunt I think, what, I think what it does for the most, like, the most thing that it does is it takes away the mystique of what's happening in the locker room. So you can get these speeches. I've been in there. They're just like us. We're more talented than them. We've been preparing just as hard as them. So it takes away the mystique from that angle. And I think the other thing that it does is they're going to reinforce the point that that the Patriots will die for this and that you cannot let up on the gas pedal. And my dad actually mentioned this to me the other day, and I completely agree, is the Eagles didn't just beat people this year. They blew them out. They never took their foot off the pedal, and that included the NFC Championship game. And the number one issue for all of the teams that end up losing in dramatic fashion to the Patriots, whether it's the Jaguars in the AFC Championship game or the Falcons in the Super Bowl, it's that you stop putting your foot on the throat and you let them come back. No matter how much you're up, you need to fucking pound. And that's something that I think they would reiterate also, is that they're never going to stop, keep going, and that we're just as good as them and we've worked harder than them. I think it takes off the mystique. I don't think that Chris Long is breaking down the defensive scheme anymore and the cues. I don't think LeGarrette Blunt is is well-versed on their new checks and all that stuff. I think it more humanizes a franchise that is the dynasty stage. And I think it's important to do that. I think it's important. We are the Spartan 300 taking on the Persians. And it's important to remind the Persians that they're human. And that's what having guys on our team does. That's how I look at it. I think that's well said. Yeah, because they're not going to tell us any plays. They're not going to know anything. And it, it, they're not going to be like, hey, they love to put the video guy in the in the fourth row dressed as a concessions worker. Like, they're not going to know that shit. Yeah. But I just think it's it's good for the perspective like that. Uh, and the fact that we went to Foxborough and beat them on a interception return, punt return, kickoff return game. Man. You know, that happened, what, was that last year or two years ago? Maybe even three, I guess two. At the end of 2015, yeah. it was the Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly's last year. Malcolm Jenkins had that pick six. So, yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a lot of guys on the team that have an experience of beating the Patriots, which I think is great, too. Yeah. Just for a mental mindset. Yeah. All right, for Joy on Broad, hit him up. Uh, it's spelled R-U-S-E-L-G-O-Y. Uh, for Kyle Scott at Crossing Broad, I am J-O-Y. at Adam Lefko. I know I did that on purpose. Oh, okay. Because you spelled it wrong earlier. Yeah. Uh, hit us up. Leave a five-star review. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, and then also stay tuned as Kyle will fill you in for the Carlinos information. As always, we appreciate you. We love you. Go Eagles. And we'll talk to you soon.